there is a new Chief Justice in town. At 67 years old, Luis Fuchs has taken on the job he has dreamed of for over 40 years and will head the Supreme Court in the next two years. He takes office as the Chief Justice at a crucial moment for Brazil. The country faces what is arguably the biggest political crisis since its return to democracy in the 80s. The president that talked about sending troops to shut down the court is more popular than ever, and Brazil is heading towards what looks set to be the worst economic crisis in history. Oh, and there is a pandemic that is still raging on. So what kind of court will Chief Justice Fuchs lead? That's what we will try to unpack this week. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Luis Fuchs sets himself apart from his peers in the Supreme Court in many ways. First, he is, believe it or not, the only Supreme Court justice who was a judge before joining the highest court in the land. All other 10 members used to be prosecutors, private lawyers, or legal scholars. He's also the first Jewish person to reach Brazil's Supreme Court. Oh, and he's the first jiu-jitsu fighter as well. And Mr. Fuchs also tries to be a badass when it comes to his rulings. He's considered one of the court's hardliners and is one of the staunchest defenders of the massive anti-corruption probe Operation Car Wash in the courts, even turning a blind eye to its many transgressions. But before we understand where this Jewish jiu-jitsu fighter judge will take the Supreme Court, we must understand the current state of things. And for that, we host again Benjamin Fogel, acting editor at the Brazilian Report. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good, Gustavo. Good to be here again. So, Ben, Brazilians in general do not trust institutions, and that is not different with the Supreme Court. Less than one-third of Brazilians believe the court is doing a good job. Why is that? The problem for most people is mainly connected to the fact that the court has often uh, perceived or actually taken up roles it was not meant to be taken up. And this has come in the way of uh, its constitutional tasks. This is a complicated phenomenon, which has a number of explanations, partially due to flaws in the Brazilian justice system, which actually overburden the Supreme Court. But justices themselves are to blame too. They've been perceived as acting increasingly politically and erratically, undermining the credibility of the judiciary as a whole. I mean, it's frankly put, astounding to see the about turns on judgments, which have had earth-shattering consequences for Brazilian politics in recent years. Right. So let's start from the less complicated aspects of this image crisis, and then we'll build on on that. Uh, What is on the Supreme Court's way that is not its fault? Well, the Brazilian Supreme Court is unlike many of its counterparts in the world. It's not just a constitutional court ruling on the hefty matters of uh, the Constitution and legal precedent going forward, uh, when in the U.S. judges choose which cases they will rule on. In Brazil, the Supreme Court is also the last place of appeal for all cases in the judicial system. This is similar to South Africa, for instance. But in Brazil, it goes to, frankly speaking, quite absurd links. Pretty much any case could be 
theoretically analyzed by justices in the Supreme Court. A recent study shows that each of the 11 justices is responsible for over 10,000 individual decisions each year, which probably makes the Brazilian Supreme Court the most overburdened court of its kind in the world. And this is in addition to the most complex cases, which are reviewed collectively by the entire bench. Exactly. So it's pretty hard for these justices to focus on the big picture of legal decisions when they are burdened with a flood of mundane and bizarre cases. Oh, geez, I remember one from 2005 that really blabbergasted me. It was a habeas corpus trial in which the defendant, and I kid you not, was accused of killing a pregnant dog and shooting a parrot. I mean, I'm all against animal abuse, but this really doesn't seem like the kind of case that should be heard before the Supreme Court. But this is just one of many bizarre cases that have ended up in the court, right? I mean, the list is almost endless. Right. So what are the other problems with the Supreme Court? Another issue is just how these justices behave with one, with each other. People like to say there isn't one Supreme Court in Brazil, but 11 Supreme Courts. Each justice has so much independence, they can choose which cases they want to rule on, no matter what the precedent the court itself has established. This has just created an extraordinary degree of uncertainty that undermines the rule of law in Brazil, as no one really knows what to expect from the legal system. It seems driven by uh, sort of the whims of justices. Uh, if a justice is in one mood this morning, he can rule one way, and he's in another mood the next day, he'll have a completely different legal precedent. And what really seems to drive this is the perception that justices seem to have their own open factional political agenda and base their verdicts based on their factional political decisions or intrigues or plots or deal-making behind the scenes rather than establishing a normal legal precedent. Well, the best example of that might be the issue of when prison sentences should be enforced in Brazil, because until 2016, uh, sentences could only be enforced after all appeals had been exhausted, which could take years, sometimes decades, if the defendant was rich enough to pay for a hotshot lawyer that could navigate the system's loopholes. And I mean, so many cases have reached the statute of limitations due to that, especially cases involving politicians. So in 2016, the Supreme Court changed its interpretation, saying that defendants could go to jail after a first lost appeal. It was a far more liberal rule compared to countries like the US, but still a major shift for Brazil. And it was because of that change in interpretation that former President Lula was jailed in 2018. Yes, this is precisely one of those earth-shattering political judgments delivered by the court I was mentioning earlier. Then last year, the court reversed back to the old ways uh, after one of the justices, Gilmar Mendes, flip-flopped. And this is really interesting. In 2016, in the first trial, Menji said that no civilized country had rules like Brazil's. And just three years later, he voted against what he once called advance towards civilization. But this is more than just a U-turn. It's the timing of these decisions. The 2016 ruling, for instance, all but made certain that Lula would be out of the running in the 2018 elections, and he was polling first. And by waiting until after the elections, conveniently, when Bolsonaro was elected to reassess uh this judgment, the court made people rightly so question the court's interference with the democratic choice of the Brazilian people. 
And to make things even more intriguing in terms of political bias, their about face, their U-turn, followed hard on the heels of some very damaging revelations about misdeeds by judges and prosecutors revealed by The Intercept in the so-called Vaza Jatu, uh, leaked messages um, investigation uh, about Operation Car Wash. And, I mean, among other things, it suggested that the court case against Lula was quite weak, and prosecutors and judges both knew this. And that's and here's the the, the money shot that met several prosecutors involved in Operation Car Wash had launched secret investigations of Supreme Court judges, including trading them in, uh, when they were out of the country and trying to track their bank accounts um, against people who perceived to be hostile to car wash in the Supreme Court. So the timing is quite suspicious and led me to conclude this was a political payback for um, this overstep by the car wash investigation. That's true, which leads us to another problem within the Supreme Court, its increasingly political role. Yes, well, the Supreme Court, a constitutional court uh, in every country, is by design a political uh, venue. I mean, but while politics plays a part in how it acts, and the court often acts between as an arbitrator between different political players, uh, the court's decisions should not ignore the law. And uh, due to politicians' sort of non-committal means of operating in Brazil and judges' uh, unchecked egos, the court has become a sort of central battleground for political agendas and interfered with how other branches of government work. And you get things like judges defending their personal allies uh, tooth and nail. The Supreme Court can sometimes take years and years and last forever to come to hear a case, or it can take a month if it's in their interests. And it's done more than anything else, shielded itself from any sort of accountability. How so? Every time there's a report about shady relations between justices and political operators or businessmen accused of corruption or anything along those lines, judges claim foul play and accuse the report of uh, being a smear campaign designed to intimidate the courts. Meanwhile, and uh, this is a uh, particularly revealing uh, legal failure in Brazil, the Supreme Court is the sole body responsible for deciding on its members' wages and has always given itself... Uh, significant salary increases despite Brazil's worsening economic situation. And this kind of action creates a unstable and dangerous environment in which people from all sides of, uh, the, of politics view the court as, uh, deep, as deeply problematic, uh, politicized, and lacking credibility. And it's not a partisan issue in Brazil. Almost everyone agrees on the fact that the Supreme Court has been uh, acting beyond its responsibilities from Bolsonaro supporters to Workers' Party supporters. And we could throw that fake news probe into the mix as another attempt to shield itself, right? Yeah, I mean, let's just take it this issue, this, put it this way. Now, the issue of disinformation or fake news, if you would like, in Brazil is extremely important and uh, illegal campaigns of uh, absurd information, uh, threats and harassment campaigns and just all sorts of nonsense has been polluting the country's politics for years. But that wasn't the primary motivation for the Supreme Court intervening in this matter. It started as a way to curb online threats against justices, but it was quickly used to censor a report by uh, online magazine Crusoe, uh, pointing out links between Chief Justice Diaz Toffoli and the 
the sort of poster boy of Brazilian uh, corruption, Odebrecht uh, Construction Group. And at the time, both people from the left and the right called it a authoritarian investigation designed of removing any sort of accountability for the highest court in the land. You mentioned uh, Justice Giustofoli, who ended his two-year tenure as chief justice. His term was quite rocky, right? I mean, most of his actions were bashed even by his peers. I mean, his tenure was absolutely scandalous. It was degrading. He was accused, rightly so, in my opinion, of making the Supreme Court subservient to President Jair Bolsonaro. And there are a number of episodes shows to what humiliating lengths he was willing to go not to ruffle the feathers. I mean, for instance, right after Bolsonaro took office, Toffoli delivered a historical revisionist account of the 1964 military coup, which initiated a 21-year dictatorship in Brazil, a brutal one which murdered people, tortured people, committed numerous human rights violations. Uh, he described it as a movement, a movement which has long been the sort of propaganda of the Federalist dictatorship. There was a uh, democratic movement against an uh, authoritarian president, which is just historical revisionism. And we all know how fond Bolsonaro is of the dictatorship. So safe to say that Toffoli, who interestingly enough used to work as a lawyer for the Workers' Party, uh, he was trying to please the president. Yeah, and then in another humiliating episode, Toffoli allowed Bolsonaro and a dozen of his allies to storm the Supreme Court building unannounced, demand the Supreme Court to reverse a verdict granting states authority over quarantine measures. I mean, this was a political stunt by Bolsonaro, and the discomfort in Toffoli's face was obvious, but he never challenged the president. I mean, it's a complete disgrace to have the president coming in to have a stunt to intimidate justices, to uh, basically reverse a judgment that could save thousands thousands of lives. Toffoli's replacement, Luis Fuchs, promises to act differently in similar situations. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Laura Kiran, co-founder of The Brazilian Report. COVID-19 has created a media paradox. Audiences are going up, but for many journalism companies, revenues actually is going down. Some of Brazil's biggest media outlets are trying to cut the salaries of their reporters by up to 70%. Not us. We protect our team because they bring you the best information about Brazilian English. But we do ask you to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, which is the engine of this podcast. There, you will find new in-depth content every day, special reports, analytical newsletters. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. And please stay safe. Ben, we discussed the current state of things at the Supreme Court. Now, where do we go from here on? Well, the states couldn't be any higher for folks. I mean, the state of the Brazilian democracy has never been at a more more endangered since its return to democracy in 1985. Uh, you have a president who openly th has talked about uh, sending troops to shut down the Supreme Court. 
you have a political system which doesn't seem to hold any the, the president's authoritarian instincts in check. You have a pandemic raging uncontrolled. You have record numbers of police killings in the country. You have a completely discredited political class. Things are looking pretty dire in Brazil right now. But as high as the stakes may be, Fux takes office in a moment when the role of the chief justice has been stripped of much of its powers, right? Because before the pandemic, the chief justice concentrated nearly all the power to set the court's agenda. But as the court moved on to working remotely, trials have happened online, and that altered a lot the dynamics of the court. Yes, instead of regular trials, justices have worked through the so-called digital court. In regular periods of the court's functioning, only the chief justice had the power to decide when the major cases would go to trial. But with the pandemic, the digital court has been expanded, and each justice can bring to the full bench cases in which they act as evidence leaders. Chief Justice Fuchs will only be able to control the agenda of the most important cases reserved for in-person trials. And what are the first impressions of Fuchs at the moment? Because his debut has been eventful, let's say. He held an inauguration ceremony, and just days later, three people, himself included, tested positive for the coronavirus. And then his first act in office was recommending that people convicted of money laundering and crimes against the public administration should not be granted furlough during the pandemic. Many of his peers complained about it and considered it a nod to Operation Car Wash. It's sort of sign that when push comes to shove, the court will have the investigations back. Yeah, especially now it's under threat. It's kind of uh, interesting to see that there was a talk that Carl Wash would be shut down, it was on his last legs. But it's just sprung back into the headlines through investigating Brazil's leading law firms and judges for alleged misconduct and backroom deals and money laundering happening uh, by the some of the leading uh, legal figures in the country. And then you also have the upcoming trial in which... Uh, Former judge and former justice minister Sergio Moro uh, will be uh, tried for alleged bias in his ruling against uh, former President Lula da Silva. And as we mentioned earlier, this ruling more or less guaranteed that Bolsonaro would win the election because it happened in 2018, just before the elections, and basically disqualified Lula as a candidate. And in his inauguration, uh, folks talked about defending harmony between the branches of government, but was careful enough to warn that this so-called harmony, would not happen at the expense of the court's reputation. How confident can we be about the Fuchs Supreme Court? We have one thing to go by, which is uh, the Chief Justice's history as a judge. And uh, he was appointed by the Workers' Party, but also uh, has um, basically made friends with its enemies too. I mean, the point is, is not that uh, there's a necessary problem with this, is that he tries to be all things to all people. And at the time, the tasks of the Supreme Court require strong, stable leadership, someone unafraid of ruffling feathers and taking on controversial and difficult decisions, someone who wants to be friends with everyone, or harmony, as you would like. It doesn't seem ideally suited for this uh, historical task. Right, then. Fuchs will be tested right away because the Supreme Court has some high-profile cases on its docket, 
besides the fake news probe uh, that we mentioned and the trial that could void Modus conviction against Lula that we also mentioned. The Supreme Court has at least two major cases that could really damage an already strained relationship with the government. What are they? Well, the first one is the money laundering investigation against Santa Flavio Bolsonaro, the president's oldest son, which is set to be heard by the court. And if this is heard, uh, and it goes badly for the president, um, anything is possible, and the relationship between the government and the judiciary could completely collapse. What else? Then there is another investigation, whether uh, Bolsonaro illegally tried to tamper with federal probes. Justice Celso Gimero, the longest tenured member of the court, ruled that Bolsonaro must testify in person, denying him the possibility of a written testimony, which is usually granted to presidents. But the case should be brought to the entire court. I mean, Bolsonaro walking hat in hand to deliver testimony to the court is unlikely to make him very happy. And uh, expect fireworks. No, and let's remember that this was the specific case that sparked Jair Bolsonaro to consider sending troops to shut down the Supreme Court, as Brasilia correspondent Débora Alves reported on our website. Ben, thank you very much. If you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars. That will help more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card detail whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.